It's a, it's a um, murky. I think you could describe it, Fergal. I've got Fergal Lynch here with me. Uh, we're in the Me Chronicle Studios here. Well, murky afternoon, November uh, morning. I would say, Fergal. Murky afternoon, morning. <laughs> yeah, it <laughs> is, Jimmy. It's a, it's a November morning. End of November. Yeah. I tell you, it's not so bad. I was in the. Park Tolchin again yesterday for the third day of the Mead Primary School's yeah, you, finals and um, I'm just going to say that you 20, think it was midsummer when 27th of November like sunshine and um, as Nulliganil Ford said to me he, he made the fatal no, near fatal mistake many many years ago of uh, rocking up to the, the Primary School's finals unprepared uh, but in later later years he's uh, always layered up with plenty of socks and welly boots and the whole lot on him but he, he wouldn't have needed them yesterday it really is unseasonable weather for this time of the year but another great day is football you know and I, I see Rory Story sent me Rory O'Connor sent me a message yesterday uh, to keep an eye out for a young Liam O'Connell who played for St Declan's Ashbourne in the boys division one final um, and he was outstanding a little small fella only in fourth class playing in the primary schools so he's ten, he's only maybe 10 playing against 12 year olds and you know at that age there's a huge size and physicality between a 10 year old and a 12 year old but he was outstanding but it's the same could be said in all the finals and you know anybody coming into the county and looking at the quality of footballers playing in these primary schools finals uh, you you would marvel at how just how spectacularly skillful these young players can be left foot right foot soloing the ball consistently tight to themselves at pace uh, well able to tackle you know it, it's phenomenal how how skilled these players are and that coach that all comes down to the coaching that is out there in the clubs and in the schools and the work that the MGA Games Development Officers are doing in throughout the county. It's it's unreal work that's going in to the young players. I, I know you might be a few years uh, before me, Jimmy, but just a few further. Like at what at what age did you first receive coaching or at what age did you first start playing football at? Well, I suppose uh, Gaelic football. I was m- more a soccer player, but uh, I preferred soccer as a youngster. But I there wasn't but any. But you tried sort of meet minor hurlers, didn't you? I did minor footballers. Meet minor footballers, right? I okay. got a trial for them Fergal. Yes, I caught over the Dalgan Park one Saturday morning. Were you invited, or did you just pop in for the trials yourself? <laughs> no, no. You know, I'm here for a trial, lads. Well, as far as I remember, I was brought over there, so I must have been invited. Okay. Anyway, you know, I had my gear and all the rest of it. So, but I was more uh, a soccer. I preferred soccer, but there wasn't any. There wasn't any opportunity. There was no underage soccer. When I was started, so that probably gives my age away. You know, there was no underage soccer. Imagine no underage yeah, teams. Yeah, yeah. So you, you, I, I suddenly started playing soccer when the uh, Mead District League got up and running in 1980. That's when it started. So yeah. in the early 80s, I started playing. Uh, well, you're late in your mid 30s, like you were before. <laughs> no, but, but um, but my point being is that okay. So even would say me, and I'd like to consider myself that I'm not that old or that far removed from uh, the olden days but um, so I don't I don't really remember playing under under 12 is probably the first age that I would have started playing and mm. getting a little bit of coaching and in third class in, we used to do a bit in third fourth class in school which I suppose you were probably 10 years of age uh, I remember Mr Farry used to do the football and of course we had great footballers in, in my class when we were playing football uh, Joe Ty being probably one of the standout players when we were kids in primary school but mm. um, 
Joe, yeah, Joe. Joe maybe, well, maybe he's a, but, he went to Australia. I think yeah, Joe he's is. home. I think he's home for a couple of weeks. Oh, is he? But, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh, my my point is now you go up to any GA club and there's nursery, and they're three four years of age. Kids are starting to learn the skills of the game. Is games. that too way too early for? Well, can you uh, can you start too early? I don't think it is because it's not done in a. You must hand pass the ball this way. You must solo it that way. You're, and our drills—it's all done in a fun, friendly, family atmosphere, and it's 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 great crack up there. You go up to any GA club, as I said, on a Saturday morning or Sunday morning, and the little acorns groups are jumping through hoops and crawling through uh, uh, bags of sacks of spuds and having all this sort of stuff, all developing their their motor skills. You know, they say, you hear the best coaches saying, if you want to develop your motor skills, do animal crawls, you know, crawl like, move like a monkey, crawl on your back like a spider, uh, you know, jump like a horse. They they try to get you to improve your motor skills at three, four, five years of age. And then when they start to get to six or seven, they start, you know, teaching them how to kick a ball, how to hand pass it. Some of them just pick it up naturally, great, straight away. but you see how much better kids are now at 10, 11 years of age than back in my day and definitely back in your day. And I think it's a great thing to see so many kids. I know what you're saying, oh God, you know, you're putting them into a structured team environment at such a young age. Mm. But and also the fact that... They, that uh, you put them into an environment there's also coaches out there who want them to win every game so that the you know the, the pressure is on to win every game yeah well, that there's was some good choice there's great coaches too but, but they, they, they can't help themselves I suppose their competitive age emerges and, and I can understand that yeah. you know they're commit, they want the team to win after they've put preparations for, maybe brought them up through the years what, what, what age do they start um, I suppose you know uh, having to win games to avoid relegation and so well, on well under, under 11 is generally still goal games so from under 12 then you start having championship where scores end up being counted but before under 12 there's no scores counted and there's no such thing as a winner or a loser or it's all about to take part and that's a great thing there is the flip side to it and, and some coaches and you know you, you can see where to go. Well, where's where's the competitive edge? Where's where kids learning? You know, you know, just that winning edge, that that will to win as well. And are we taking that away from them because we all have to be seen as oh, everybody's a winner? Like if you look at athletics, there's under six races, under ten, under eight races, under ten races, and all these cross country championships and all that sort of stuff. They're handing out medals to, to the winners and clearly identifying with your first, your second, your third. Okay, they might give everybody else a medal and say, well done for taking part. Yeah. But they're clearly identifying winners. And that gives them a good, strong competitive edge to think, well, look, if I want to get better, I, I have to be able to beat that person that's in front of me. So I have to improve my skills. I have to improve my teamwork. I have to improve my communication. And I have to improve my attitude maybe to sport rather than just going up and going, ah, sure, I can do what I want or take but the, it handy. But the you. argument is whether it puts too much pressure on them at maybe too young an age as well. Well, pressure is a different thing then. That, that's a case of how, well, how serious do you take it? Are, are you happy? Are you delighted when you win? Uh, as a coach now what you talk about as a a a player player, as Mm. a player uh, as a youngster yeah as a person myself uh, 
I'm very much uh, the type of person who uh, doesn't get too high with the highs or too low with the lows. So being and being a Liverpool and a Mead supporter, uh, definitely you get used to uh, not getting too high by the highs or too low with the lows. So like when Liverpool won the league a couple of seasons ago and some Liverpool supporters were going mental, jumping around the so going, that's great. The next day, you can be knocked back on your arse again, and you but have that's to accept. Life my, and sport, yeah, yeah. My father has a great saying, and he always tells it to us: "Is that one day you're drinking the wine, and the next day you're picking the grapes." Right. And once okay, you remember that saying. in your life, and you go, "It's not, it's not a middle of the road thing, or it's not one of these things where you accept, accept your station in life." But when you're drinking the wine, that's great. Enjoy it, but never ever forget. The next day, things can go bad for you, and you can be picking the grapes. It's the same. Stage there's a clap in the back is just six inches away from a kick in the arse yes <laughs> you know and it's 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 a good approach to life but I but do the, think but, yeah that, that the work that's been put in at young players and I, I understand what you're saying about how some coaches have this there is will a, to win and there is that underlying from, from thing from under six maybe onwards the, yeah. the, the competitive edge but, but yeah. I think that's the minority again and it's this whole society nowadays it's it's the one bad apple or the, it's the minority that tend to tarnish the view of the, of the overall thing and they tend to be the one to draw the majority of the focus is the minority yeah uh, unfortunately you know like well, the noisy minority like, I'm, I'm not I'm not standing up for them at all but the English fans at the, uh, England against the USA game in the World Cup last week uh, it was great looked like a great atmosphere and for the most part impeccably well behaved but there was a few English fans in the crowd making airplanes uh, paper airplanes and throwing them at American supporters and chanting 9-11 9-11 like that's disgusting right. carry on okay. uh, the same with when uh, away supporters come to Anfield and they're singing about the Hillsborough tragedy disgusting but the vast or the very minority are doing that and it ends up that that image then is portrayed as being all England fans or all Liverpool fans or as you're saying all coaches now have this drive to win it's not the case no, I'm not most, saying, uh, most so, coaches some coaches have but uh, some of them it, it, they're competitive people and you want them of course well, where do you draw the line there's a fine balance there between getting you know getting a team of youngsters to perform to the best of their ability and then putting too much pressure on them and say we've got to win this we've got to win this I don't and, think and getting the, the, the enjoyment you have to try and get them to enjoy bring them into the game attract them in by showing that this is about enjoying yourself having fun yeah yeah that, that's what it should be all about and I don't think there is a fine line uh, as you said there I think the aim should always be get the players to perform at the best of their ability if they perform at the best of their ability and they're good enough then naturally success will follow but if they're not good enough it doesn't matter you know they can't perform above their best so once they've reached their best that's their level in life and coaches need to accept that and if they can't prepare if they're not prepared to accept that then they move on to somewhere else that maybe might be a higher standard you know, like if, I, if I'm going to be in charge of a football team and I think I've got them to the best I can. So if I'm over in charge of the Trim GA third team, I'm not thinking, well, I can get these lads good enough to win the Keegan Cup. 
and then when, when you can't even win a Junior C Championship or something you're getting very frustrated and going oh Jesus man. come on lads we have to well, but that's we, their we, level that's their level that they're at if I want to improve if I want to coach players then I have to move up the ladder so it's not a case of coaches shouldn't lose sight of who they're coaching and the level they're coaching at and if they can maintain that focus and not get carried away with what they perceive in their own head as being success is the ultimate success then they're doing a benefit to the players of that level and it becomes enjoyable if you're playing to the best of your ability or ramble there Jim we've lost track <laughs> but no no but it was a fair point like in terms of uh, I remember standing outside a, a dressing room a, co- a college match um, some past were playing somebody and I was standing outside the opposition dressing room waiting for the team to come out to get the team from them and I could hear the coach inside and he roared at them for about it's, it seemed like about 15 minutes yeah. and I was thinking they're not going to remember any of this yeah, and, yeah, but he yeah. roared at yeah, yeah. of this particular yeah. team yeah so I, I felt that, that was just over the top because uh, anyway players don't remember Jack Charlton had this idea that you just don't remember uh, is you know detailed instructions no. three in, points during, to say. during the course of a game you won't remember because you, you're doing things automatically anyway yeah. One, so, just give three bullet points uh, that'll be my philosophy emphasise three things maybe before you go out onto a field even and get three them to like yeah, yeah, even three can, it's, it's, with some players it will go in one ear mm, and out the other yeah. for some other players you can feed them all the information in the world and they'll soak it all up uh, but you find that somewhere in between are the three you know if you say right want you to do this defensively on the counter-attack you do this and just know your role uh, discipline that sort of thing and you just highlight those things but um Kind of getting away from the, uh, the, yeah, the topic well, the, of, of the, the the primary school the, finals. Yeah, the, you excellent, the excellence well, they, they are, of the kids. They are great occasions, and, it, yeah. and it's brilliant to see, as you say, uh, young players. Unfortunately, you know, young young players are, are lost, and this it's an issue too. But we, we shall we go, we go into that for the, a moment, Fergal. Just in terms of just ask your opinion on this. Should we go back to under eighteen for minor now again? Because we're, we we spoke about this, touched about this last week. Just well, among ourselves, really. About yeah, well, we did how, mention our players are being lost to the GA ranks because it's gone back to under seventeen. Yeah, the lost from the GA ranks. Yeah, yeah. like I can. Yeah, we had this discussion last week, and I still don't. It annoys me to hear, as we, as I said last week, uh, reading articles and people saying, "Oh, we're losing players from the GEA to soccer and rugby." But as I mentioned, mm. they're not our players. They're not G, Sorry, the GEA players. So yeah, you know, they're entitled to go to soccer and rugby should, should if they want we, it. So should we go back to minor? The, the same, under eighteen, yeah. But the same arguments were being made when it was my when it was under eighteen. People were still saying the exact same thing. Oh, why are we losing so many players? Sure, there's a massive gap between being under seventeen and being prepared for to play adult. Some players can transition quite easily from it. Uh, and are physically strong enough to be able to go from under 17 football to adult football. Probably the majority need another two, three years before they're capable. Okay, so then that's where the thing is. We need to have something between 17 and adult. Mm. But that's up to the organisation to organise that, not just keep shifting the goalposts and say, no, we have to go back up to under 18. Uh, but what about majority of under 18 guys are then, are in, or girls are in leading cert? 
and they're doing their leaving cert exams in the middle of the summer when their inter-county championships are on and, and let's face it all these decisions are made to improve the inter-county team and that's what they want well I think that was one of the, the major reasons why it wasn't because of the, the, the pressure the youngsters were on around the leaving cert of yeah. course so you didn't want them to start so Although they reckon it, it, may, it may have done them some some it may my argument is, is this it may have helped some of them yeah. to go out there you know to go out for an evening's training or something like that after a day yeah, of studying some, yeah some do that but I I've seen kids that won't come club training because they're they can't they're studying for winter school exams you know their Christmas tests in fifth year and fourth year some people are just studious like that that they want to stick to uh, stick to their their studies to want to excel at their studies as well but do I think it should move back to under 18 possibly yeah maybe because it will close up that gap between finishing at underage football and then um, being physically capable of going on to play adult might be a bad idea but we can't just keep changing and and then in two years time people are going to complain again oh we're losing players to soccer and and rugby the the fact of life and the reality of the situation is and, and the reason why some players play some sports and not others it's not because oh we're losing them it's because players have to make a choice and everything ends up being on a Saturday morning or a Sunday morning because the very nature of it that their kids the other five days of the week they're in school and they're not going to be playing football at 7 o'clock or 8 o'clock at night if you're under 13 because for most of them are, it's past their bedtime and they have to get mm-hmm. school work done and you can't expect them uh, to go and play GA on a Tuesday night soccer on a Wednesday night rugby on a Thursday night plus there doesn't seem to be any joined up communication between any of those associations for a start as to what best suits the sporting organisations in the communities but that's yeah. a different topic for another day well it's, it's like one of those issues that seem to roll on and on but you were you were at the finals there Fergal yeah, and there was some good um, yeah, well, they are, they're, they're occasions for great matches and, and tremendous performances I, I love going to those but you, you yeah, well you know I, I, <laughs> it ended up as the listeners will know and the readers of the paper will know there's only the two of us here now and uh, it's, it's impossible for us to cover everything and you've had your games on a Sunday and for the last three Sundays I've had my games it just happened to be the primary school's finals you, you've been at Challenge Cup soccer semi-finals and uh, at games last week and the week before as well but we're saying yesterday's finals they were great and Manalvi and Cortown both had their boys teams and their girls teams playing in two different finals and of course some of the girls were playing on the boys teams as well but Manalvi had a double beat Cortown in the boys division four final 5-8 to 14 points uh, and, and they, <coughs> excuse me, they completed the double then in the very next game winning the girls division four final by 4-11 to 3-3 against Karen Ross uh, and for poor Cortown there was double misery for them because they lost both their finals uh, after losing the boys division four to Manalvi they then lost the girls division five final to Ban the Creek five goals to two eight five, it was eight. a real trailer lose out by a point yeah uh, despite scoring twice as many times as the other team but five goals to two eight goals win games and uh, in the last game then there was a cracker which of course I don't have the final score written down here but Kildalki edged out Baconstown mm. in a real good game in the boys division 2 final as well and in the boys division 1 final uh, the main game on the, the day 
Retolt, uh, or sorry, St. Declan's Ashburn, who we mentioned, the young Liam O'Connell guy from, was brilliant. Uh, 4-10 to 3-10 in a really good game against Retolt. So, great football. Um, I think it was 33 goals last week. We had 5, 12, uh, 19, 24. We had 26 goals, or more. We had 28 or 29 goals again yesterday. So, you're averaging... 30 goals a day so probably <laughs> close to over over 90 goals over oh, the three yeah, it's, days it's great Brilliant. entertainment if somebody just enjoyed watching uh, ga- good Gaelic football being played that could go to the primary schools finals the one the reason I think the, one of the reasons they're, they're so good to watch is, is no, and it's one another reason why ladies football is such a good game to watch is that there's a lack of cynicism in these games mm, there was a few of them that were fairly uh, cynical a <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> few young well, lads maybe, were fairly well, cynical look, I know there's it's a always exceptions to the rule yeah, right? exactly, but I think as we've generally overall out. and ladies football too there's, lack, there's no pulling or dragging there's, no, there's none of this macho um, yeah, yeah, male yeah, yeah. you know uh, fronting up to each other yeah, not it, it did happen in a few games yesterday and I noticed in one of the games as well which was a really tight game a fella running through from an angle now I wouldn't say he was running clean through on goals and a his opponent just wrapped his arms around him and pulled him straight down to the ground in, in men's or boys football in a proper uh, the other competitions it would have been a black card but there's no black cards or yellow cards or red cards in coming a month school it's kind of if somebody mm-hmm. steps over the line there's yeah. a nod to the sideline take Jimmy off there yes that's there. right that's how they so, work uh, that, that's how, how it's done at that level but you know we talk about underage success and how it the success of the schools and the great coaching they're getting what about the success, Jimmy? And I know it's harping back to my own club again uh, of the Trim Hurlers. Yes, indeed. If you know, I was this, this, there on but Saturday. This, just before we move on to it, this year they've won Division 1 titles in under 13, under 15, and minor under 17. Mm-hmm. All Division 1 titles. They're in the under 21 hurling final next Sunday, Division 1 against Killine Longwood. And the seniors are me champions and now one game away from being Leinster champions phenomenal performance against Tullamore on Saturday Jimmy phenomenal performance particularly defensively we, we spoke about this mentioned this earlier on we you know how um, Tullamore they didn't score from play no now Shane Dooley got all their scores okay he's one he's one of their finest players but it's amazing that he didn't get a point from play at least or, or any of the forwards <laughs> Not even ever any of their players. And they didn't even shoot that many wides from play, did they? No, they didn't. He had they had only w- seven wides, I, I reckon. I might say he, four of them were from freeze. F- yeah, well, yeah, he, do, did, he did miss a couple did of miss a few, uh, what yeah. you might call nailed on freeze there, absolutely. So, the, so the, this is the foundation of any successful team a good defence. And Trim's defence is fa- fabulous. Jared uh, Dwan there, Kieran O'Rourke, Jared uh, Dwan, and Ben Holden were the, the full back line there on uh, on Saturday. And Dermot Higgins then, James Thor, and Connor Quigley in, in the half back line. So, you know, these guys, Charlie Ennis, of course, one of the best young goalkeepers around. These guys deserve great praise for this. Would you agree, Fergal? Yeah, they're outstanding. Again, I, I, I brought, went to the game, I was off on Saturday, so I mm. brought the young fella to it, and it was a great game. Um, as you said, 
just defensively they're so strong they don't concede too much in front play and, and you know not conceding from play on Saturday that's not a freak they've gone through I remember there was a run of three games during the championship where I think they only conceded six or seven or maybe eight points mm. in the three games from play they're so miserly at the back but mm. you know how good have have Jerry Dwan and James Tover been they've been outstanding and Conor yeah. Quigley is another one of these dual players Conor then played with the Mead football, senior footballers on Sunday in the regional game which we'll get round to mm. uh, in a couple of minutes but you know how good have Tover and Jerry Dwan been they're just brilliant yeah, players it's a, it's a tremendous uh, Dylan Farrell David Morton midfield were very good and, and of course forwards off, to, off the uh, six starting forwards uh, five of them uh, got on the score sheet and uh, James Murray a young player tremendous marksman every, every team needs a, a reliable marksman Trim have now got that and maybe that you know that was something that they, they were looking for in recent years they've got this James is only what 21, 22, 20, 20, well, 20, 20 he's, 20, 20, uh, 20, he's yeah. playing in the under 20 final football 20, final for yes. Trim on Friday night so yeah so he's a, he's only 20 but he's a tremendous uh, points, temperament like points from play from well, all angles from cut free sideline cuts and he got two sideline cuts in the, in the county final yeah uh, one from each side yeah. just to show that it wasn't any fluke the first one yeah and he Bril- did it again a what, great, what a skill that is great marksman to have brilliant great marksman, marksman to have. and uh, you know Joey Cole got the goal tremendous uh, Bray Emmett's to play in the in the Leinster club final you know we don't want to patronise anybody here Fergal but uh, they're a Wicklow team Mead against Wicklow you'll always you'd, you'd sense that maybe Mead have a ch- have an edge Trim have an edge here yeah, win as favourites yeah. is, that, is that what they want though? I don't know if they'll would they, uh, do they win as favourites yeah well, like I, Bray Emmett's are yeah they're okay, famous so, so the, the two teams Trim have beaten so far in the Lancer uh, not not diminishing it because they come from traditional strongholds of Hurling and Kilkenny and Offaly are intermediate sides Dainsford yeah. and Tullamore um, and Trim dispatching brilliantly so 121 to 18 to beat Tullamore the weekend so you know 13 point win that's just goes to prove Trim's quality yeah. Bray Emmons will be a different challenge they're senior players uh, senior hurling team um, and Wicklow Hurling is definitely improving and on their club scene they're pretty handy as well and it's going to be down in Wicklow the talk is in Ockram right. uh, on Saturday the 10th I think next Saturday week yeah. Saturday week yeah so the, you know it's going to be another long trip for Trim to go down there it's a it's a hoor of a drive down to week, <laughs> down to Ockram uh, mm. for a half one game they'll have to be there for probably 12 o'clock to get stretched away so you're talking about boys leaving Trim at 10 o'clock to get down there in plenty of time um, and get out of the car then and start hurling what's going to be a tough game okay mm. Trim probably will be favourites they'll look at their victory over Danesford and Tullamore and everybody will expect them to go on and win it but Kiltail uh, in 2015 was the last time Mead had a team in a Leinster final Kilmessen uh, in 2004 no, or uh, no 8 or 9 eight, was it, I think it was 8 or 9 or, yeah, it was, they were the, it was only, eight, yeah. the only Mead team ever to win a Leinster intermediate Kilmessen that year Kilmessen yeah. beat a, a Kilkenny team as well Air yeah, Owen Air Owen in the final Air Owen in the final yeah and Capital Tagle then they played in the All-Ireland semi-finals but that was a great that was the year Stephen Finch was a majestic at his majestic best, yeah, yeah, and he was the, the you know the be- one of the best players to come out of this county for the last t- um, 30, 40 years. One of the best, but he certainly uh, was great that year. But so Trim, look, we we um, we the will go in on his favourites. 
that might that might favour them. I think I don't think I don't think it'll bother them. I don't think they'll bother them. I don't think they'll look at the favourites tag. They have their own um expectations to set their own standards as Jimmy County said in a post-match interview or uh, with myself I think after the, the win over Danes we said we set our own standards and that's what we aim to achieve a bit like what we said earlier on the podcast that managers want to get the best out of their players and if Jimmy County believes that if he can get the best out of their, his players that they're good enough to win and they most certainly are good enough to win an answer title but Jimmy seems to have uh, convinced them that they, well, they probably believe that anyway because they're, ex- they're, they're a lot of them are young players but yeah. they're experienced players and they know how to win games exactly. so and they, 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 there's big games a lot of them coming up there's a few of them uh, a few of the panel members have an under 20 championship final on Friday night um, against Dunmore Ashburn in Dungani and then on Sunday uh, the hurlers as we mentioned already under 21 hurlers uh, will play in the championship final against Killine Longwood uh, in Boards Mill I believe at 11 o'clock on Sunday morning so uh, it's good times for Trim but two other clubs Jimmy in Leinster provincial final action next Saturday um, mm-hmm. you'll be Castle making the Park. trek down to Wexford Park on Saturday morning bright and bubbly you might have to go Friday night yes because it's of course Dunchoklin and Castledown down there uh, Castledown are the first match uh, no Dunchoklin the first match uh, and then Castletown and in Castletown have another uh, an extra 40 or 50 kilometres to go so they put them yeah. on second to allow them so their game is at 2 o'clock I think right, okay. Dunchoklin okay. is at 12 o'clock yes yes uh, so you've you covered both of them um, what do you think their chances are yeah well I, I've, I've covered Castledown yeah, I saw them playing the last uh, last match and um, you know they had, a, they had a tough game they had a tough game but Dunchoklin of course will, will be very uh, very strong they have overcome some very tough opponents on this Valley Teague they had a really tough match there against the Kildare team yeah, I think I think uh, there's every chance of believing we could win this. What do you think yourself? Yeah, I think both me teams have a great chance. Uh, when you talk about, you know, a Mead hurling team going to take on a Wicklow hurling team, you would expect the Mead hurling team to be a little bit better. And the same in football. If Mead fo- Mead were playing Wexford tomorrow, you would expect the Mead team to succeed. Dunshockland have been head and shoulders above everybody in Mead at the intermediate grade. Same as Trim were last year, and Trim claimed the Leinster title. Uh, and Mead. Team tend to do well at, at the intermediate and junior levels uh, in the interprovincial or sorry in the provincial championships so while it's a historical season for both clubs the expectation is that they can keep going and keep going I know the possibility if they, can, if they do win Leinster is that they face Monster champions which is most likely Ratmore from Kerry uh, for Dunshockland I'm not sure who's in the juniors but um it will be tough, but this is a great opportunity for Dunshockland to uh, to go on and yeah. claim what would be a deserved title because they are an excellent young side. Um, so many good young players. When you, when you look at Luke Mitchell, who actually didn't even start the last day, uh, he's a threat coming off the bench now. You've got Matt Costello, Rory Kinsella, John McDonough, uh, Matthew Miles, and then you have the old stagers in defence, Alistair Doyle and Niall Murphy uh, doing just anchoring their defence and, and making them quite mean at the back um, and in the likes of Conor Gray into midfield and you can just see the exceptional talent and youth is on their side and I'd fancy them uh, for Castletown uh, you've yeah. got reliables old reliables well, Damien as you like like Damien well. and uh, Kevin Ross Kevin Ross yeah uh, probably one of the most 
probably one of the best, most skillful forwards in the in the county, um, and and still well able to do it for Castletown. He's capable of anything. He, he can be an absolute magician. Well, also they've got um, one of the best young forwards, especially uh, at intermediate or junior level. I I feel a young crib and um, the Declan, um, the the corner forward. Um, uh, number 15 he played very well against Clonmore okay. um, you know I was talking to Aidan Young there and he, Declan Cribbon yeah. Declan Cribbon and uh, we were talking to Aidan Young after that match the, man, the Castletown manager and he made a very good point that and one I was we, we were thinking about we were just talking about as well earlier on that um this it was a game that they needed to 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 um, to have against Clamore because it was a really tough game. It asked them a lot of questions, but they, they they played better as the game went on, yeah. and they won that because they won their opening match uh, against Lara. You know they, they won it well, Quite comfortable, so they yeah. needed a tough match, uh, well, and, and they got that against Clamore. And I think this this it really stands them. Yeah, so but I they, they do, and they and they have their their young players as well, like. Like to trust Reen McConnell into midfield, a very young player, he's only 18 or 19, into midfield, um, and he's done a super job for Castledown around that area. Yeah, adding Killian, very good young fullback, Ben Kill- Hoy as well. You yeah, know putting Killian Price and Killian Smith as well, super footballers for them. Uh, they've, they've got a great blend of youth and experience there as well, yes. and I fancy Castletown as well. So here's hoping for a, a Mead treble over the next couple of weeks, but we'll get next yeah. Saturday, we'll, we'll take a Mead double next Saturday uh, in Wexford Park. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. We, we, we started Aiden, you know, Aiden, maybe one of the reasons why there was success, Aiden suggested how the players themselves are left to make, they're, they're empowered to sort of make their own decisions and they, they saw how things were going wrong against Clonmore in the first half and they made changes themselves. They, they, they went to, interestingly, well, like Zona, you talk about Zona market, that was all of this, the chat with soccer many years ago. Yeah, yeah. You go Zona market and you go man to man, but um, they do it in, fo- in Gaelic football as well because Castledown did Zona market in the first half. Yeah. Well, but they did, it wasn't working for them so they went more I love to see that I love to see a manager putting the responsibility on the players there's an old old saying of manager players win games managers lose them Mm -hmm. and managers tend to get the blame for the vast majority of managers are good coaches they're they're well organised they get well set up but you can give teams and players all the instructions in the world and once they cross that white line it seems to go out their heads as we mentioned earlier on about feeding them maybe too much information but Aidan Young trusts his players to solve the problems on the field and it's great that he for, first of all his players are talented enough to be able to do that and secondly that he trusts them to do it well, if that, you know, I, solve the problems on the field yourself if you see an issue out in the field that you think needs doing hmm. Get out there yeah, well, I think it. one of the worst things that a, a manager can do is, is tell players you've got to play, do this, you've got to do that, yeah, yeah, or yeah. don't shoot for posts if you get you within the shooting distance. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pass it Limit back or give it to away, somebody yeah. who can shoot because yeah. then you're you're undermining the confidence. But it certainly worked for uh, Clonmore uh, for a cast down against Clonmore Fergal, and I think uh, yeah, I agree with you. We we have a great chance. Two Leinster titles that would be tremendous for oh, Mead football. Well, be great. It would be brilliant. And, and speaking of Mead football, we got to see yeah. uh, the first um, Colin O'Rourke selection uh, of his reign as Mead senior football manager. They took on the regional All Stars in Dungani on Sunday morning. A, a real cracker of a game, Jimmy. The regional All Stars uh, came from, I think they were 10 points down early in the second half and we're still nine points down with only a few minutes to go uh, but they came back to win 417 to 318 uh, really good open attacking game of football defensively now there's 
plenty of questions to be to be asked. But Dingo were ten points. Mead were ten points up early in the second half and led by nine after fifty three minutes. Um, but the regional all stars then they got it back to the minimum. Two goals from Paul Kelly, Blackall Gales Paul Kelly, and one from Moyla's Sean Riley. Uh, or sorry, was it Sean Riley got the other one? Not one hundred percent sure. Who yeah, got Paul the Kelly's other. one of those Kelly players that two. really it is. It was Sean Riley got, yeah. got the other one. David David O'Leary got their first half goal. But um, just maybe the listeners might be interested. I just run down uh, the team and the scorers from the game. Um, as we said. It was a great come from behind victory for the regional All-Stars. Uh, Paul Kelly got two goals, one of them from a free, which he blasted to the net. Uh, Brendan McKeown scored five points, two frees. Sean Riley with one, two. Collie Hodden from Oldcastle had a brilliant game for, for the All-Stars, scoring four points. David O'Leary from Kilbride scored a point. Donald Landy, St. Pat's, three points, one free. Jason Scully, Owen Harkin and Sam Victory all got a point each. Owen Harkin's coming from a mark. And for the Mead team, Colm O'Rourke's first game, as we said, Jordan Morris uh, scored five points for Mead, including two frees. Uh, the goals came from Aaron Lynch, from Trim, Connor Moriarty, from Coraha, and David McLaughlin from Manalby. And actually, all three lads scored 1 1. Thomas O'Reilly scored three points. Don Leanahan, great to see him back involved, scored two points. Uh, Connor Farley got two points. Dara Campion, also good to see him back, got a point. Uh, and Adam O'Neill from Woltones got a point. And Sean Coffey got a point as well. So, good spread of young players on both teams. I just run down through the regional All Stars team then. Uh, you had in goals Sean Brennan, full back line Michael Flood, Harry O'Higgins, James O'Hare. Half back line Colin McConnell, Owen Harkin, Fergal O'Hare. Uh, midfield Sean Riley and Donald Kogan uh, would have been weird for Donald Kogan lining up against me teammates for a regional all-stars but he was exceptional uh, mid or half forward line David O'Leary Jason Scully and Barry O'Connell and the full forward line Brendan McKeown Collie Hodden and Donald Landy and the subs used were Shane Crosby Paul Kelly Connor Farley James Mooney Mark Dowdle Cormac Sheehy Sam Victory and Keen Ryan <coughs> excuse me the me team then um in goals was Harry Hogan, a full back line of Sean Coffey, Adam O'Neill, and Ross Ryan. Half back line of Robin Clark, Daniel O'Neill, and Sean Rafferty. Midfield Connor Moriarty and Breen Conlon. Half forward line of David McLaughlin, Dara Campion, and Thomas O'Reilly. And a full forward line of Aaron Lynch, Jordan Morris, and Donald Leenan. And the subs used were Shane McEntee, Cahill Hickey. Connor Quigley, who had only played 24 hours earlier for Trim, or less than 24 hours earlier, Connor Quigley and James McEntee. So, plenty of experimenting done by Colin O'Rourke, and I had a good look there at, you know, 40 players uh, over the course of a game. So it's a, it's a, been a very worthwhile experience that regional championship, very and good, then yeah. the All Stars game as well. Yeah, well, I, I know. I've Paul Kelly players like Paul Kelly I think he's he's really blossomed in this regional championship and it'll be a, a, a surprise now if somebody like him is not brought in those other players as well who've done very well who've really taken the chance uh, their opportunity now and this is what it was all about it was, it was meant to be as 
an opportunity for these players to shine. We, we knew about Sean Kelly and so, uh, Sean Riley and so on, and how yeah. good of player, players like that. Yeah, and well, the lads, we, we need need players to come through. So your Sean Riley's, your Michael Floods, mm. uh, Jason Scully's been really, really good throughout this whole region. Thing. Great to see him coming back. Yeah. Uh, great to see Donalinehan back involved. Great to see Aaron Lynch get his chance at senior chance. level. Yeah. Um, so you know, and a couple of other people will get a, a chance to stand up. Um, in, in O'Byrne Cup which will be coming up in January and then the league which of course starts with an away trip to Cork uh, in the last Sunday in January uh, really tough National League Division 2 looking to uh, at the very minimum consolidate position in Division 2 there so something to look forward to yeah, anyway yeah, to see how this you see who uh, merges into Colin O'Rourke's first panel that'll be certainly interesting for the league uh, but uh, uh, Trim said we'll talk about Trim alright Fergal you, you can't help getting away from yeah. him at the moment but Trim said had a great win yesterday they're in the Challenge Cup uh, final now going against, for the double uh, yeah going for the they've already the league t- title in the bag and we talk about uh, you know managers and so on getting the best out and creating a happy atmosphere and a, an atmosphere where players blossom you know um, Trim Celtic have done that yeah as, w- as well they have a good uh, manager man living in Robinstown but uh, steeped in uh, soccer uh, tradition Robbie Horgan Robbie Horgan absolutely yes he played he was a goalkeeper with Shamrock Rovers actually he was uh, played in the last league league of Ireland game played in Milltown back in the day and uh, but he was with Drogheda you know he was a coach you know, sporting Fingal and so on and um, brought him with Shelburne he was involved with Shelburne too down the years one of the clubs so yeah he's created this atmosphere where everybody there's a competitive competitiveness but he has a, a squad of players you know there were five or six without five or six players yesterday but they, they played very well the, the, the defeated Cord Jerry Murray got two goals Aaron Williams got a goal there's an OG you know, involved Cord got an OG um, so um, you know so it's certainly great, a lot moving on they're, they're, they're also in the in the FAI Junior Cup they're going out to Cork next weekend to play Douglas Hall and that and then they're, they beat Crumlin United there uh, recently in the um, Leinster in, in the um, uh, Conor McGregor's team is it? Crumlin <laughs> Excuse me, Robbie Keane used to play for Crumlin yeah, United, yeah. you know, so... Uh, Conor McGregor sponsors the them Lincoln as well. Leinster Jun- Junior Cup as well, you know, so there's a lot, lot going on there. But as I say, if, you, if Robbie is a highly qualified coach, he coach any team in the world. He's that highly, highly he's got all the, the badges and so on. So he has created this, this um, winning... Um, environment is winning culture and it's even watching the warm-ups you know you can see how professional he is about, it, about yeah. approaching everything but uh, it's tremendous so we'll have to we'll, we'll see how Trim set it going in the in the coming weeks going well for Trim and, yeah. and also uh, flying high is a uh, Gordon Elliott has, has racked up a lot of winners over the last yeah. week as well I know he had a treble at Turles he had a winner I think in Navin um, on yesterday as well at the, their big race meeting of the year Detroit Town but that went to uh, the trainer Peter Fahey but there was a mead connection to the winner in that it was ridden by Keith Donoghue it's great to see Keith Donoghue still riding winners um, I, I know he was uh, he had stepped away from Gordon he, he was getting a lot of rides with Gordon Elliott but he's not uh, riding as much for Gordon anymore he's more of uh, more riding for Gavin Cromwell of late but he's still working out of Gordon Elliott and, and they're still uh, very loyal to each other as well but you know people probably thought when he's moved away from Gordon mm. Jared the winners wouldn't come as thick as fast but he was at his brilliant best yesterday on the big dog uh, pounced on a, on a mistake at the last um 
by limited ambition just to win the try down at Navin um, Jessica Harrington actually was the trainer of that lifetime ambition a, a woman with Summerhill connections but uh, great to see um Great to see, uh, as I said, Keith Donahue riding the winner there. And finally, Davy Russell's uh, road deck duty finished the best of Gordon Elliott's uh, in third place with stablemate Coco Beach uh, taking fourth in the big race there. But yeah, it's been a it's been a great couple of days. Um, again, jam packed. Yeah, and thank God for sport in in me because you know we need sport. And I know we started off talking uh, about how brilliantly coached and uh, successful our, our young players are it's great to see how we still are hugely competitive uh, with the very best in the country and the best in the world and with with mm. athletes like uh, and in Camogie as well we had a significant uh, yeah, success over the weekend Aoife Minogue won a Soaring Star Award at the, uh, at the uh, Camogie All-Stars congratulations yeah. Aoife she's had, yeah, she's had consistency throughout the year great performances yeah, brilliant player brilliant, brilliant player, player so. and also young Keen Barry from Dulik uh, had a great win in the PDC World Darts. Uh, he defeated Adrian Lewis during the week and right. to and, and won his next round game. I think he made it to the last sixteen of the competition. So it's great to see Keen Barry making an impact as well. But look, as we said, this is a the Me Chronicle uh, Talk a Good Game podcast, and we're not always all about GA, and and we're just such a sporting, rich sporting county. Um, it's great that we can go from talking about the highs and the brilliance that we have of our GA teams to the success of, of Trim Celtic mm-hmm. and the soccer fields and success of Gordon Elliott and Keith Donahue and Keen Barry and Aoife Minogue and, and Camogie and Keen Barry and Darts and we really are blessed and, and you see Kerry Leonard as well as top of her field in archery and so many brilliant athletes out there as well uh, we're blessed, aren't we? We're blessed, yeah. And uh, we'll see if maybe we'll land two um, two Leinster titles next next weekend. Uh, you know, that would be something else as well. That would be so, brilliant, yeah. So uh, the World Cup going okay for you, Fergal? Are you going World, World Cup's going okay. I enjoyed the game last night when I, when I did get home and uh, thawed out. Although, as I said, it wasn't too bad. About what about Re- Ronaldo's penalty? There never was. Uh, yeah, it was a bit. Yeah, the referee, there's, a lot, there's an awful lot of diving. I, I can't yeah. abide it. It does drive me mad. But I thought I enjoyed Spain and Germany last night. Mm. Thought it was uh, quite a good game. USA, or, yeah, USA against Wales, wasn't it? You know that that other morning. That yeah, was that was a good game. Didn't yeah, get yeah. to see that one. Yeah, but, yeah, uh, but I enjoyed yeah. that one. No, I but, enjoyed uh, it. But uh, we'll really get going when we get into the last sixteen. Uh, yeah, like you see, Germany are still in contention. That group is mental. Um, they've one point and they're still in contention, and we'll most likely get through to the last 16 it, it must be reassuring for referees watching to see that even at that level they get decisions wrong yeah, and, you yeah. know, even with VAR with still VAR get, yeah, yeah, you still yeah. get decisions wrong well, it's, so. the big, it's the big players get those decisions but I like to look at France yeah I think mm. they're very good Kylian Mbappe for me has been brilliant so far Great. Um, I like I like to look at France I wouldn't rule out Brazil they've got such depth uh, I made a bit of a tool of myself during the week about Renal or Richarlison uh, I tweeted out there he was so bad in the first half of that of their game he was <laughs> he so scored, bad he scores and a goal I, and I put up he doesn't even look World Cup. Richardson, he doesn't even look related to a Brazilian never mind an actual Brazilian footballer <laughs> then he scores a spectacular goal yeah. and then he got two goals I presume you deleted make... that tweet, tweet no, as, uh, no, as soon as you no, could no it was my my bitter uh, my bitter Liverpool uh, hat on that I uh, I just don't like Richardson I just right, do not like okay. him I'm sure he loses sleep over that 
a, a, a great friend of mine, a for, another former Everton player, or a former Everton player, Mick Meegan, passed away at the weekend. Mick, uh, 88, I knew him very well down the years. He was first manager of Ireland. He never wanted the job, actually. He was just told one day after a draw in a match by Charlie Walsh, who was high in the FAI at the time, that he was going to be manager. But he yeah. never wanted to be manager. He just wanted to stay involved in some way. So, um, Sad he, passing, yeah. Yeah, he, Mick was 88, yeah. So, Irish um, soccer legend, yeah. Yeah, so rest in peace, Mick. And so look at that. Uh, okay, Fred, listen, thanks very much for that. And uh, that's another edition of uh, Talking With Games. So have a good sporting week, all you folks out there. See you later.